Hello and welcome to the Still Space Podcast. I'm your host, Executive Coach Mary Lee Gannon, where my guests and I share fun and simple strategies to manage yourself so that you can show up the way you want in work relationships in life and not default to past behaviors that leave you disappointed. The Still Space is where you learn to take an intentional moment to challenge habitual assumptions that hold you back with enlightened truths that boost your genius. We transform drama, resentment, doubt, unmet expectations, and self-sabotage to executive presence, self-control, deep sleep, healthy choices, and more connection with people who matter while it still matters. It's time. I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and get any of my free publications at my website, maryleegannon.com, where you can also learn more about working with me. Hi, Mindful Leader. This is episode number 25 of the Still Space podcast, When People Talk About You. We all know what it feels like to have people talk about us behind our back. It brings shame, and shame is the most gutting of all the emotions because it's the one that makes us play small, hide, feel that we're not worthy, feel that we don't belong, and it's just not fair. You know, this is the time of year coming up to the end of the year that I see a lot of unrest in people. And if they are carrying shame because others have imposed a judgment upon them, it makes it even worse. The new year is on the horizon. And when we look at where we are in our peace, satisfaction, and goals, often we're in the same place as a year ago at this time. And if you want to change some things in your life, you have to change some things in your life. We can't control what other people say about us. I'm going to get more into character in a minute. But if you want to change some things in your life, you have to be the one to change them. It's that simple. But our minds tell us it's hard because we're familiar with the experience that habits are difficult to change. Oh, things don't change. It's just too hard. The process of change is actually quite linear. And it's attainable. When you can start with an intention, a promise to yourself, and develop daily practices that align with that intention, maintaining them becomes easier because purpose starts to emerge there. You gain the ability to see doubt and regulate it before it takes over. Excitement is palpable here because you're gaining self-control. And in this space, open discovery turns defeat and inspiration. At the end of the day, when you put your head on the pillow, you're satisfied. You sleep better, eat healthier, have closer relationships, maintain exercise routines, and start new things with excitement. This leads to your best self, not your small self. Yet people don't do this. Why? Because they don't believe in themselves. Have you ever been there? I've been there. It's just doubt. People don't believe they can do what is necessary to get what they want. Sometimes they don't believe they deserve it. Sometimes they become so consumed with fear that they're afraid it will start to affect their relationships, their health, and all the other aspects of their lives. Worst of all, sometimes people just give up. They give up on themselves altogether because they don't expect things will ever change and they won't on their own. So they play small. And this is what we do when people talk about us. We play small because if we play small, then we'll fail small and no one will notice. 
This is not a way to live. This makes me sad because I see great people with rich character, ideas, and execution skills dummy down their personas while charismatic leaders with little substance get promoted, hired, positioned, and respected. You have power. You have the power to create new thoughts and daily practices. You have the power to dream big and know you can. You have the power to play big and have what you want. It's not only possible, it's probable. And you are betraying yourself if you don't allow yourself to take your rightful place in your life. It's nobody else's life, it's your life. Own your destiny, the world needs you. And if this resonates with you, send me a message and I'll send you a link to my career survey so we can see how you can start the new year satisfied. I'm happy to do that for you. But let's talk about what you do when people talk about you because it feels horrible. Your character will outweigh any lie told about you. Those who know you truly know you. And when you defend yourself, you always lose. You need not defend yourself. Simply explain what might be confusing. Two phrases that I suggest to my clients when they're really shadowed with the doubt of people talking about them and when they are in a conflict so as to de-escalate the tension around that conflict are, help me understand or I'm confused. Help me understand what you really mean. I'm confused. Can you explain that a little bit more clearly? This is where you're truly pinning that person down and making them get specific. Because a lot of people will tell you, well, I don't know that that brings any value or I'm not thinking that makes any sense. What part of it doesn't make sense? Help me understand. If I were meeting your expectations, what would that look like? Help me define that. Drilling down to specifics usually gets the person who has a broad judgment in place because they have to give you specifics that they don't have and they'll usually pause because they really don't know what it is that they don't like about you. And this is the point of today's podcast. People who don't like you usually don't know why they don't like you. And it's because there's something about you that they wish they were more like or had. Let me repeat that. People who don't like you often are envious of you because of something that you do, something that you have, some finesse about you. They're jealous, but they don't know that, right? They just resent you and they haven't become self-aware enough. They're not like you on a mindful journey trying to understand the thoughts that hold them back. They are not that introspective. All they know is the feeling that follows the thought. We talk about how thoughts lead to stories, lead to feelings, lead to actions. They're stuck in a feeling. And that feeling is resentment. I don't like you. I'm not sure it's that they don't like you. They resent you. And when you can pin them down to have to name that, of course they're not going to tell you, I'm just jealous of you or I resent you, but they will stand down more when you challenge them with, help me understand, and then get specific, or I'm confused. Can you give me more specifics? 
that will help keep those people at bay. There's nothing threatening in these statements, yet what you state after them gives you the opportunity to state your case from a non-defensive position. Character is the consistent code you live by without exception. It's what you consistently are known for. Know what you stand for. Never lie. Be true to your word. Character builds on the values you hold. And if you don't know what your values are, your character is sort of flying in the wind. You don't stand out for people because there isn't something strong in your character that makes that so. Are you compassionate, ethical, easygoing, a strategist? Do you take ownership of your work? Share the glory, stand up for the team, not yourself? Are you calm with presence in a crisis? Do you have grace under fire? Your reputation is the echo that precedes you when you walk into the room and the echo left behind when you leave. Your reputation is the echo that precedes you when you walk into the room and the echo left behind when you leave. Often people don't understand how important it is to be thoughtful about how you want to be perceived in your life and in your work. Because if you aren't leading that, then you are getting stereotyped in some way that is not maybe serving you. Do you want to be known for your signature strength? Do you know what your signature strength is? And if you don't define it, Think about ways you in the past have solved problems. What strength helped you do that? And then position yourself to always be using that strength and allowing others to witness that. Because once you're stereotyped as not executive material, not leadership material, it's daunting. And especially if we've been laid off or terminated, we make all of these assumptions about how ineffective we are that just aren't true, but the situation sort of led us down that path, and we've adopted those assumptions as truths, and that doesn't serve us. So be very thoughtful about defining a value proposition for yourself, and part of that value proposition is your character so that you can rely on that definition, revisit that definition when others are talking badly about you, allow them to have their opinions. I'm sorry you feel that way. It's a good response. And some really angry people might say, well, you are that way. Well, I hope that your day gets a little lighter. You know, do not own other people's anger because when you do, then you're playing in their field and you are now on defense. And you might say, well, that's easy to do, Mary Lee. That's easy to talk about unless that person is your boss. Now, if that person is your boss and they're saying unkind things about you behind your back, you're going to schedule a meeting with that person and confront them with it. And you can do this even if the person isn't your boss. I understand from others that this has been said about me behind my back and allow them to respond. Either yes or no, they deny it or otherwise. Well, I appreciate your honesty and I'd like to understand a little bit more about that. This is where you go back to those phrases. Help me understand. I'm confused. Where is this coming from? If I were meeting your expectations, what would that look like? And they usually don't have an answer for that. 
but you just keep asking the same question another way. Well, how would I be performing if this were meeting your needs? What more would you like me to do? And when you drill down and make them get specific, they realize that they're struggling internally and it will help them to back down. We spend so much time worrying about what others think of us when that energy could be productively used understanding what we stand for and holding to it such that if we're wrong, we admit it. If we're right, we'd rather get it right with everyone involved. And if we're not sure, we listen and we wait. I have a client who was struggling with a boss who didn't like her. She worried what the boss was telling colleagues about her. A valid concern at work. There was no reason for this colleague to dislike her. People who are different or mean with you are surely that way with others, not just you. When you make a judgment on someone's treatment of you, look around and see, notice if they are doing that with others. You may think they're not, but look around and see if they are. And if they aren't, is there something that you want to reflect on in yourself? Well, what am I doing that may be causing this? And that doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. It means you're trying to build your self-awareness on your behavior that may be causing them to feel a certain way about you. Again, no judgment of self in this. It's just an observation. People who are difficult or mean with you are surely that way with others, not just you. People see them for who they are too. The bigger question for you is, what do people see in you? You can't change a mean colleague, but you can ask them, what would it look like if we had a better working relationship? And just pause. Don't fill in the dead space. Allow them to answer the question. Let me repeat this. What would it look like if we had a better working relationship? That line forces the individual to bring to the surface why they are uncomfortable around you, what they dislike about you. Generally, like I said before, they'll not know. They'll sound petty for being bringing up whatever they really feel. They internally are forced to acknowledge that. And that way they have to rethink how they're coming off, how they're being perceived. So they may choose to tone down their behavior just because you've now called them out for what could be perceived as bad behavior at work. Listen to what they say when you ask this question. What can you learn from their words? Don't be defensive about it. There's some nugget in there that you can learn from. Have humility encouraged to want to hear the answer. Ask for more clarity. There may be some very sound feedback in there. Remain true to who you are. Take a deep breath when you feel threatened and remember who you are at your core. Imperfect and on a journey of life mastery. Not imperfect, but imperfect and on a journey of life mastery on a journey to excellence, learning every step of the way. Allow angry, emotionally immature, and less professional people their hostility. It's theirs to own, not yours. Don't defend against it. I see this so often, and it just diminishes your executive presence to get down in the mud and roll around with people who are in the mud. You need not have the last word. On the contrary, let them have it. 
while you take constructive feedback, reflect on what you're hearing, observe what you're seeing without judgment of them, without judgment of self, mindfully in the still space, be still, calm, and pause and look for the teaching moment. Dismiss the discord. People will see your character in your consistency. People will identify you as the calm one, the level-headed one, the true leader. This is what happens when you don't have to defend yourself. It's so powerful. I see this in my clients when they make this transition. It is absolutely amazing because they finally stood open in the space of, well, I'm sorry you feel that way. I'm actually doing X, Y, Z. This client that had the boss that was giving her a very hard time eventually got promoted into another role where her measurable performance couldn't be debated. The team admires her and enjoys working with her. She's happy. She's satisfied. Remain true to your character. You need not defend any untruth. Who you are consistently is far more important than what skills you have. Now, I'd like to give you a few tips on if you feel you've been stereotyped. It's very difficult to undo a stereotype without a true committed plan to that. If you think you have a reputation within an organization for being anything other than who or what you are, you have to put a concerted effort to undo that. It's not just going to undo itself and somebody else isn't going to jump in and rescue you. So how do we do that? If you have been stereotyped as not executive material or any of the other negative things that I mentioned... First of all, write down who you are at your core. Define what you want to be known as because you've allowed this doubt or cynicism or whatever to insert itself into your thoughts and you're obviously feeling things that make you uncomfortable, which then are followed by behaviors that are somehow earning you this reputation. I know that's hard to hear, but we have to own our stuff which means if you've been stereotyped, there's something that you are doing that people are seeing and perceiving that is undermining your presence and your leadership ability. So accept that. Okay, but now what do I do about it? Well, you can't undo it unless you know who you want to be because you're already showing up by default as something without purpose. So define the character traits that you have at your core that you want to be known for. You want to be known for being a good listener, being a good delegator, being a good leader, being a good visionary, being a good executor. Whatever those things are, write them down on paper. And then schedule an appointment with the person you think has stereotyped you the worst. I know that sounds scary, But that's where we're going to start because that's where the rumors and the innuendo started. So you make an appointment with that person and you have to walk into that appointment with open humility. It's like standing naked with all of your feelings right there and being completely honest. And you say to that person, 
You know, I've been thinking about my leadership ability and I'm working on developing that. And in doing so, I realized that I have done some things that may have earned me a reputation that isn't at my core and tell that person what it is. I've been cynical. I haven't been collaborative. I haven't been in alignment. I know that we had this meeting last week. I erupted unprofessionally. I've been emotional. Whatever it is, call your own behavior out on the carpet. Put it right out there on the table, right in front of them, because they're going to be looking at you with like deer in the headlights. They can't believe you're actually doing this. And so the humility will be somewhat eye-opening for them and for you. You're going to role play this out in your head or in the shower, in the car, by yourself before you do this. So it's not the first time you say it when you sit down with them. I want you to be very comfortable with it. And then proceed to say, I want to be known for what are more of my character traits. And then share with this person what those are, those things that you wrote down. And they'll be listening and you'll be going on and on and they'll be looking at you as still completely shocked and amazed. And then your ask of them is this. I'd like to ask you as I'm working on these, if you wouldn't mind pointing out to me when I'm not doing these and when I'm slipping back into behavior that I'm not proud of and that I don't want to carry forth anymore. I understand why I've been behaving this way and then share what that is. Know your why. Know whatever insecurity has led you to behave in a way that's stereotyped you. This person will be overwhelmingly impressed if you can tell them what that is. And then when you do that, after you've asked them to help you, look for a commitment. And look for an honest and sincere commitment. And then ask them, is there any other feedback that you can share with me that would help me on this journey? And you'll be able to tell whether or not you have compassion from them. Hopefully you do. And if you don't, you can use this same exercise with other people. I know that early in my career, I was very driven and I was very focused on succeeding. And I was less compassionate, less of a listener, even less kind sometimes in my office because I was, I had a big goal. I had to raise an awful lot of money or the hospital wasn't going to be opening several departments like a new emergency department, which is crucial, an open heart surgical center, which is crucial, and a new women's and infants care center. Uh, These were big goals and all were on my shoulders alone to raise the money for and I, I was very highly regarded for the effectiveness of my work, but I didn't feel that I was like highly sought after to go have lunch with or for people to include to have fun. And I had to ask myself, why was that? And this, truly, it was because I was completely overly focused on work. And I had to make a conscious effort to listen more, to get to know people more, to befriend people in a way that I would want them to be my friend. And I developed very close relationships at work, relationships that I still have to this day, even though I'm not in that same role, I'm in a different hospital. And that comes from the humility of being able to say, "Mm, 
I've been doing this because I've been feeling, in my case, I was feeling like I might fail, so I only had time to focus on work. But that wasn't true. That was an assumption, not the truth. And I had to spend a lot of time in the still space investigating what I was thinking, the thoughts that were preceding that emotion, that I didn't have time to make relationships. Well, that was not true. I had plenty of time to make relationships. And I made that time, and I made very strong and healthy relationships there, still people that I am friends with to this day, that I have helped find other positions, leadership positions within organizations, and that I'm very proud to call my friends. So it takes humility to look at our character, to see what we're standing for at the moment. And if it's nothing, that's sometimes just as bad as being stereotyped negatively. Be purposeful about your character. Stand in the space of, I know who I am. I know what I stand for. And I'm going to show up big with that. To not do so denies, betrays myself. I'm here to make the world better, to give, to love, to care. And when I do that, I feel it back tenfold in return. Now is the time in the podcast where I read letters from my clients to their former self to help you understand how to shift perspectives away from the chaos, the thought chaos that we are sometimes in at the moment, to look out a little farther into the future to a wise self and what that wise self might be telling you today. This is my client, Marina who's a mobility data analytics manager at a major automotive manufacturer in Detroit. She writes, Dear younger self, I see you. I know you. I love you. I have compassion for you. Here is my message to you from years of self-reflection and growth. You are good just the way you are. Learn to believe and trust in yourself. Your heart is pure. Your intentions are noble. You are smart, capable, and full of energy and ambition. Keep pursuing your dreams and following your heart's desires. Some lessons that came the hard way? Own what is yours and nothing more. This was a quote from a coach. I think that was me. Do not take on others' burdens at your expense. Learn to set healthy boundaries and take care of yourself first so you can be best able to help others. Choose discomfort over resentment. Brene Brown quote, It's okay, healthy, and necessary to speak and live your truth. Ask for what you need and expect that your wishes are honored if the relationship is true. Stand firm in your truth. It's okay to walk away from toxic people and unhealthy relationships. It is not going to last if both parties can't be authentic and free. Pursue excellence. Ignore success. A quote by Deepak Chopra. Do not be afraid of success. Stay grounded and focus on the process and your part. Things will work out for the best. You will be able to handle the good and bad that come your way. It is all there for a reason. Use your mind. 
trust your heart. That's my own quote, she says. Learn to connect with yourself, your feelings and emotions. Honor them and stay true to yourself. Practice silence and self-compassion. Things really do happen for a reason. You recreate the unhealthy situations from your childhood so that you can transcend them. You will face your worst fears and come out the other end okay. This is a message of hope. All is well. Live fully, one breath, one day at a time. Love, Marina. It's been an honor to be with you today. And bravo to you for listening to a topic that sometimes is hard to hear about. It's hard to think about people talking negatively about us, especially behind our backs and in a way that affects our career and our efficacy. Your reputation is important, and you want to be the driving factor in defining what that is. That's why you want to do it intentionally and purposefully. I do have a document, many of you have heard me talk about my Flow on the Go guide, which helps you set a daily intention. It also helps you set mindful daily routines to keep you in the zone of purposeful life, satisfied life, mindful leadership. I'm happy to email that to you. Simply email me, Mary Lee at MaryLeeGannon.com, Mary Lee at MaryLeeGannon.com, and I'm happy to help you. It's an honor to do so. I look forward to hearing from you and Thank you for spending this time with me today, wishing you a very mindful day and a mindful week. Most of you know that I work by day as the CEO of a $31 million organization, and I coach a handful of clients in the evening. Now I have taken the tenets of mindful leadership and put that into a training program so that you can fast track your career leadership while also balancing that with a good night's sleep healthy eating habits, and close relationships. I call this program Mindful Leader Satisfied Life. Not only will you have the training, you also get one-on-one coaching with me, not a group, one-on-one coaching with me so that we can unravel your personal assumptions that are holding you back. You will no longer be unnoticed, undervalued, and inadequate, feel judged, and that others think that there's something wrong with you and you start thinking there's something wrong with you too because you're getting passed over for promotions, new roles, no longer doing all the things you hear you should be doing. Sigh of relief, right? With only defeat and the fear that failure is in your DNA forever dogging you in the back of your mind. You'll no longer be disconnected from colleagues, friends, and family, or following the shoulds that make you feel you're still behind the curve and might even lose everything altogether. No longer frustration about habits that show up in terms of snacking, disjointed relationships, vices, poor sleep. No longer making excuses while not actually getting any closer to high performance. So if you're interested in this program, all you have to do is go to my website, maryleegannon.com. Click on the link on the top that says Coach with Mary Lee. It explains all about the program. Fill out a few questions on the questionnaire so that I know a little bit more about you and I'll reach right out to you and we'll set up a time to talk and we'll get you started. 
No longer will you have to wake up and say, I missed an opportunity. I wish I had. Please remember that I can only take a few clients at a time and I already have a full book right now. So I'd like to make sure that you're on the list. Head over to MaryLeeGannon.com. Click on Coaching with Mary Lee. Let's get started. I'm glad you were with me today and I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and get any of my free publications at my website, MaryLeeGannon.com where you can also learn more about working with me.